Hey, what's up, family? In this video, we're going to talk about three ways limiting beliefs limit you. And later, we're going to talk about how to lift those limiting beliefs so you can step into your greatness. But also, make sure you stay tuned and listen out for an offer that I really believe will help you with mindset and pursuing your purpose. Let's get right into my points. I have a lot of things I want to cover, want to get to. Well, yes, you saw the title. The title says, Ditch Your Limitations and Step Into Your Greatness with Empowering Beliefs. And there's three verses that I want to kind of quickly labor in to kind of lay the foundation of these points that I want to share. The first verse is Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 again says, I can do all things. I love that. And sometimes people look at that and it confuses them. They actually believe they can do all things, but I'm not, I can't do all the things a woman can do. I can't do all things uh, in certain fields and certain expertise that I'm not gifted in. But the all things pertains to all the things that God says I can do. So I can do all the things that God wants me to do through him who strengthens me. And so limiting beliefs are opposite of this because a lot of people don't believe they can do all the things that God wants them to do. Second Timothy 1 7 says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So we see the embodiment of a spirit uh, uh, God's ingenuity in, in designing the spirit man has these pillars that these a, a sound spirit man that's charged to take charge wherever they are meant to be. They have these three things. They are powered. Uh, uh, they have power. They have love and they have self-control. So God gave us a spirit, not a fear. And so fear is a limiting belief that's keeping us from being empowered by the power of power, love, and self-control. Philippians, not Philippians, but Isaiah 41.10 says this, fear not, another limiting belief, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So this verse right here gives peace that eliminates fear, because why fear? If I know God's near, right? Why be dismayed when God is with me for I am your God? They made it personal. And so now when we start going over these limiting beliefs, be mindful of these scriptures. Number one, that you can do all the things that God says you can do, that you are given a spirit of power, love and self-control and that there is no need to fear for he is with you and he will strengthen you and he will help you and he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. Now let's define these two beliefs. We're going to define limiting beliefs and we're going to define empowering beliefs. Let's define limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs are negative or restrictive. Restrictive thoughts and beliefs that, it, it, that individuals hold about themselves, about others, or the world around them. These beliefs often create self-imposed barriers, limiting one's potential choices and actions. They can hinder personal growth, success, and fulfillment by reinforcing a sense of inadequacy, fear, or inability to overcome challenges. So we see that limiting beliefs are negative, not positive, are restrictive thoughts, thoughts that restrict you. So, for example, you, you feel oftentimes empowered to pursue your God-given ideal or to pursue your purpose, but some life experience, some, some stronghold is restricting you from being you and doing what you're supposed to do. It says that these restrictive thoughts and beliefs that individuals hold about themselves, others, the world about them. So God cares about us having belief systems that will keep us operating 
in the kingdom. It says these beliefs often create. So beliefs create. So when you have a belief system, all thoughts, all preconceived beliefs will create of their own kind. They will create self-imposed barriers. Now you have excuses keeping you from executing. Limiting one's potential. All of us have potential. But unfortunately, not all of us will tap into the full potential. And God is going to measure based upon our potential. God's going to be like, man, I'm the one that created you. I'm the one that calls you to that. So there is great potential. It says limiting one's potential and choices in marriages and family and on, on the job and actions. They can hinder personal growth, success and fulfillment by reinforcing a sense of inadequacy. So these beliefs not only create, but they create reinforcements. They create little soldiers, little officers that says, no, 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 no. We're not able to do that. No, 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 no. No, you're afraid, remember? No, you have the inabilities. You, you can't overcome this challenge. So you see how limiting beliefs keep us from thriving. And how many people in this chat, on this video watching later is like, yo, or listening, it's like, yo, that's me. That's me. I have limiting beliefs, keeping me from tapping into my full potential, keeping me from making the right choices, keeping me from using my abilities to advance God's kingdom. Now, let's talk about empowering beliefs. Empowering beliefs are positive and empowering thoughts and beliefs that support personal growth. So these, these beliefs support personal growth, success, and well-being. These beliefs are aligned with one's potential, strengths, and aspirations, fostering, see, confidence, resilience, and a growth mindset. Empowering beliefs enable individuals to embrace possibilities, take courageous actions, and overcome obstacles on their path to achieving their goals and living a fulfilling life. So we see that we got to change our beliefs from limiting to empowering. See, these positive and empowering thoughts support personal growth. So if you believe in God and you believe in yourself and you believe that you can do what God has called you to do, you're going to naturally grow. You're going to naturally succeed and you're going to have well-being. These beliefs are aligned with one's potential. In order for me to have empowering beliefs, I must know my potential. See, I know my potential. I know where God wants me to go. I know how far God wants to take me to a degree, right? And so I align my beliefs to say, yo, Josh, you are well able to possess the land. Josh, you're well able to overcome this. You, Josh, you're well able because greater is he that's in you, right? It, it, these empowering beliefs enables individuals to embrace possibilities. So you have that optimistic outlook where you say, no, I can embrace this possibility, I can take courageous actions and overcome obstacles on my path to achieve goals and live a fulfilling life. Now, let's talk about the three things, three ways in which limiting beliefs can limit us. Number one, self-imposed barriers. So limiting, belief, limiting beliefs create barriers, right? So there's barriers keeping us from, from, from our possessing of the land. It says self-imposed ba uh, barriers. Limiting beliefs create self-imposed barriers that prevent individuals from reaching their potential. When someone believes they are not capable of achieving something, they may refrain from even attempting it. For example, if someone believes they are not intelligent enough to pursue a particular career, 
or purpose, they may never apply for related opportunities, limiting their personal growth and professional growth and potential success. So self-imposed barriers. He's like, man, I can't go no further. It reminds me of those lepers that that that's, uh, was tempted to sit there. And they was like, shall we sit here till we die? Yes, I have this condition. But yo, I'm hungry. <laughs> yo, yeah, I may have this issue, but shall I sit here till I die? Should I die behind these barriers or should I take my promise? How many of us sitting on the fence of a barrier, sitting on a barrier or leaning up on the fence of a barrier and we literally see our promised land? We literally see what we could potentially have. We literally see it, but we just lean on the fence and like, no, there's no way I can have that. Every day you're seeing the possibilities. Every day you're seeing the potential. Every day you're seeing it, but you're barricaded behind these barriers keeping you from succeeding. So those self-imposed barriers keeps you from going forward. Now, next one, reduced resilience and risk-taking. Limiting beliefs often lead to a fear of failure or rejection. So people don't even pursue their promised land. People don't really tap into personal growth or tap into their full potential because they they uh they have fear or failure or rejection. Listen, no matter what you're going to pursue in life, you're going to feel uh, like you're going to fail. But you can't sell unless you fail. Like in order to learn how to sell, I have to learn how to fail. And in life, you're going to get rejection. But when I understand that rejection oftentimes is for my projection and my protection. See, rejection is for my protection. Oftentimes we're rejected by things and people that we really want. But God's like, I, I hardened their heart towards you. I, I created that 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 thought to reject you because they weren't meant for you. Or rejection is for my projection. It's going to cause me to project better because some people reject us because we're not who we need to be. A man of God is going to reject the woman of this world. A woman of God is going to reject a man who can't lead. There's natural rejections based upon what you're projecting. And those rejections will then inspire new projections so that I can project a better self. But no matter what, you're going to fail and you're going to get rejected. Individuals who harbor such beliefs may avoid taking risk or challenging themselves. This fear of failure can hinder personal and professional growth, preventing individuals from exploring new opportunities, pursuing their passions, or stepping out of their comfort zones. Without embracing challenges and taking calculated risks, individuals may miss out on valuable learning experiences, which turns to earning exponentially or personal development. So we see, hey, man, limiting beliefs causes me not to be resilient, not to take risk, and not be in the midst of what it is that God has. Last but not least, narrowed perspectives. Limiting beliefs create tunnel vision. Narrowing a person's perspective and limiting their ability to see alternative possibilities. So people who've done been, uh, I think it's going to give an explanation here, but people who have uh, uh, um, narrowed experiences narrows the potential experience they can have. These beliefs can make individuals resistant to change, 
preventing them from considering different perspectives or exploring new ideas. This can hinder creativity, problem solving skills, and the ability to adapt to new situations. By limiting their perspectives, individuals miss out on potential opportunities for growth and development. So this right here lets you know that the more narrow you are, we ain't talking about narrow the gate, narrows the way at least the light. We're talking about narrow perspectives where all you see is the negative, all you see is potential danger. All you are like in the guy in the Proverbs as a lion in the streets. That's why I didn't go and pursue my purpose. And that what that does, it causes you not to develop the, the intangible skill sets that sets you up for success, which are problem solving skills, um, adapting to new situations, or creativity. So challenges or a widened perspective creates opportunities for creativity. Later on this week, I'm gonna talk about fostering creativity, but but it creates opportunities to create. And if you narrow, you wanna, listen, if I had a narrow view about myself, which I did, because I had D's and F's in English, and, and, and when God told me to be a writer, my narrow perspectives was just like, yo, ain't nobody gonna read your books, ain't nobody gonna check for you, boom, 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 right? That narrow perspective almost hindered me from writing a book. Now, imagine if I never wrote that book unplugged. Imagine if I never stepped out into those areas where I was uncomfortable. I would not be where I'm at today. I'll be working somewhere where all these ideas and books that I never wrote will still be in me. But thank God by his grace, he broadened my perspective. He broadened my, yeah, my perspective. Instead of making it narrow, he broadened to say, Josh, no, this is what I want you to see. This is what life wants you to see. For those who's watching, you see, life wants me to have this narrow view, so I won't be able to see God's peripheral view. See, I love about what I love about God. God has a peripheral view that spans throughout my existence. God's peripheral view not only sees my past, it sees my present, and it sees my future. But if I only have a narrow view and only see based upon my past experiences, which it is going to affect my future experiences, I don't accept God's peripheral view. God's peripheral view lets me see that my past sins are forgiven and that I'm empowered in the present to create something uh, uh, generationally impactful. And so when we have that mentality, we won't allow our creativity to be stifled. We won't allow our, our problem solving skills to be non-existent and we won't be able to <coughs> adapt to new situations. By limiting their perspective, individuals miss out on potential opportunities for growth and develop. Now let's get to the last few points. To lift limiting beliefs and create empowering beliefs, here are four points we all must need to consider. Right? Oh, Jazz says, wait, what Bob is a, is a it was a metaphor in Proverbs. He talked about how uh the lion in the street, I'm gonna read the verse. Lion in the street proverb. Proverbs 26 13 says the slacker says uh, uh it says uh let me read it, read it out loud. It says, a slugger says, there's a lion. No, I'm going to read that verse. The slugger says, there is a lion in the road. There is a lion in the streets. And what that says is, they make up anything to keep them from succeeding. That person with a lion in the street mentality, when chances are ain't going to really be no lion. Imagine somebody where there's no lions in that country. And they say, well, I, I, I should go pursue my purpose today, but there's a lion in the street. Anyway, either way, they're going to put an excuse to keep them from executing. So to lift limiting beliefs and create empowering beliefs, here are four points we must consider. 
Number one, we must trust in a limitless God. In order to lift limiting beliefs, I must trust and believe in a limitless God. A limited God in your mind is going to limit you. But when you know that your God is unlimited, then it, it just excites you. It's like, no, there's possibilities. Oh, like, like vast are your thoughts of me, oh God. I love that text. Like vast are the thoughts of me. So I want, I want to, I want to take the time out to see, man, listen, I want to get to see what these thoughts are. What, 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 who did you really want me to be? Who did you create me to be? So if I have a limited view of God, I will have a limited view of me. But if I have a limitless God, then I'm going to pursue ministry to the 10th degree, business to the 10th degree, writing to the 10th degree, speaking to the 10th degree, because I'm not just, I'm not called to just sit here. God wants to take me far and near. And so I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, my gifts are only meant for these little. No, I have a limitless God. Let's read. The first step in overcoming, oh, wrong one. Believing in a limitless God can help lift limiting beliefs by shifting the focus from human limitations to divine possibility. Now, which one inspires you the most? Thinking about your limitations or thinking about an unlimited God? Which one, which one limits you? Which one empowers you? When you know you have a limitless God, that should empower you, embolden you. No matter your limitations, <clears throat> no matter your disability, no matter what, no matter where your upbringing was, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your situation says, your situation is what it is, but it doesn't reframe or limit God. And so when you understand that, you'll say, no, 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 I ain't going to limit my beliefs when I have an unlimited God. Can help lift limiting beliefs by shifting the focus from human limitations to divine possibilities. When you trust in a higher power, when you trust in God, who's the highest power that is infinite in wisdom, infinite in power and love, it opens up the possibilities for miracles, breakthroughs, and extraordinary outcomes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Give me one second. Let me read that again. When you trust in a higher power, not your limited power, who the who is the highest power that is infinite in wisdom, power, and love, it opens up the possibilities. I don't want closed off possibilities. I want opened up possibilities for miracles, for breakthroughs. And extraordinary, it's hard to give miracles to a limited mind. It's hard to um, give breakthroughs to a broken mind. It's hard to give uh, uh, extraordinary outcomes to a person who don't believe they can have outcomes, who don't want to come out. How, why is God going to give miracles to a person with a closed mind or breakthroughs to a person with a broken mind or extraordinary outcomes for people who don't want to come out of their limiting mindset? But when you understand that you have divine possibilities and your God is limitless, then, man, you open the synergy power of faith mixed with God's faithfulness that sparks, that sparks miracles, that sparks breakthroughs, that sparks outcomes. But you have to believe in a limitless God. This trust allows us to let go of the need to control every aspect of our lives and instead surrender to God's higher plan. It encourages you to have faith that there are no insurmountable obstacles or boundaries that cannot be transcended with the help of a limitless God. I can stop there because that's powerful. <clears throat> so what that does, it encourages me to have the faith that can connect synergy, create synergy with God's faithfulness, 
which would then spark, right? That lets me know that there ain't no obstacle. Like I can, we can all go to bed at night knowing that no matter whatever it is you face, no matter how insurmountable it is, or how broad the boundaries are, they cannot be transcended without the help of God. So that means God transcends all obstacles and boundaries. But I have to believe in a limitless God. Number two, awareness and reflection. Take the time to reflect on your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors to identify any negative or self-limiting patterns. Ask yourself what beliefs might be holding you back in different areas of your life. Write them down and examine the evidence supporting or contradicting these beliefs. By increasing awareness, you gain clarity on the specific limiting beliefs that need to be addressed. So the second point is awareness and reflection. You must be aware of the limiting beliefs and how they're limiting you from being. Limiting beliefs limit you from being. Limited being limits you from doing. Limited doing limits you from having. So you see that in order for you to have, you have to do. In order to do, you have to be. In order to be, you have to believe. So if you limit it in your beliefs, you're going to be limited in your being. And your limited being will limit your doing and your limited doing will limit your having. And so if I see that and I have a big dream, then I got to say what limiting beliefs is keeping me or limiting or giving me a ceiling to my a growth as a human being. And if I don't grow as a human being, I won't be able to do at a higher level. And if I don't do stuff at a higher level, at the level that is required of me by God, then I can't have what God has. That's why the devil says the best way to keep you from having what God has is to limit is to limit your beliefs. If I limit your beliefs, I limit you becoming. If I limit you becoming, I limit you doing. And if I limit you doing, I limit you having. And if I living if I limit you having, I limit you impacting. And how many people are not impacted because we're limited in our belief in God, limited in our belief in ourselves, which then limits our ability to become, do, have an impact. So I got to be aware, not just here and over there. I'm talking about up there, too. How how are these limiting beliefs hindering me from becoming who I need to be to do what I must to have what I desire to impact those I love the most? Number three, challenging and reframing. Once you have identified your limiting beliefs, challenge them. Hit them in the mouth. Don't talk to them. Challenge them by seeking alternative perspectives and gathering evidence to to counteract them. That's powerful. You got to collect the data. You got to say, okay, I got to be able to see. uh, uh, First off, I have to collect enough evidence of God. God's evidence can't even be measured by all the scientists and all the fact checkers that ever existed. He has given us so much evidence in your life. He's given so much evidence in our lives that lets us know he is faithful, that he believes in me. I got to find and challenge them with alternative perspectives. What you got to do after you write your limiting belief down, you got to look on the other side of belief. See what is going to hinder you from being. See how it's going to hinder you from doing. See how it's going to hinder you from having. See how it's going to hinder you from impacting. And then begin to say, okay, what perspectives, what are, the, what are the alternative perspectives to this? How should I see my situation? Every bad situation has a good outcome if you have the right perspective. Just like you've never seen a one-sided coin, never seen a one-sided sheet of paper, never seen a one-sided piece of bread. So no matter what negative situation is in front of you or ahead, there's a positive side to it. And so you got to flip it. And say, you know what? Heads or tails, positive or negative, and see the positive outcome, 
Because when you challenge them, then you could be able to see what. So, friends, if someone's trying to rob me or whatever, and I challenge them, or if someone's about to betray me, or someone's about to try, or if someone's trying to use me, and I'm at discernment, challenges them, they're gonna they're gonna start stumbling, they're gonna start fumbling, they're gonna start stuttering because I've challenged them, and now I see what you really are, and I see what your real intentions are. It says, challenge them by seeking alternative perspectives and gathering evidence to counteract them. Today, I want you to write, I want you to do this. I want you to write down, and I want you to write down all the evidence of God's faithfulness in your life to counteract what these things trying to act in your life. Look for examples of people who have achieved what you believe is possible or have overcome similar challenges. This helps to broaden your mindset and realize that the limitations you perceive may be, may not be accurate or fixed, which means this, I got to talk to people. The Bible says we overcome by the word, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. So you got to find somebody who's got a testimony after a past test. So they can say, no, let me shift your perspectives on marriage. Let me shift your perspectives on singleness. Let me shift your perspective on money. Let me shift your perspectives on business. Let me shift your perspective on entrepreneurship. Let me shift your perspectives about yourself. Because I went through what you went through. Now overcome this by listening to the testimony I have of how God helped me overcome. This helps to broaden your mindset and realize that the limitations you perceive may not be accurate or it may be fixed. Reframe your beliefs by consciously replacing negative or self-limiting thoughts with positive and empowering ones. That takes work. That takes, that takes belief. This is for people who desire. And if you're watching right now, like, Coach, I desire to have these empowering beliefs and you need help going through these steps and systems, make sure you hit that link in the chat or link in the description box below about Mindset Mastery and join our program. We have 14 people in there right now and we're working through our mindset, 90-day intensive, 90-day program. And so this will help you with this. And we'll talk a little about, talk more about that later and get you to a place where you, man, you're operating at a high level mentally. Uh, it says use affirmations, positive self-talk and visualization techniques to reinforce these empowering beliefs. So God has equipped us with with natural human basic methods to be able to see these things come into our lives. Last but not least, take action and bu and building evidence. It's not enough to simply replace limiting beliefs with empowering ones. You must also take consistent actions. Aligned with your new beliefs. So if you believe that you're more than conquer, now you got to conquer. If you say, I walk by faith and not by sight, you got to keep walking in the faith realm. Like, like if you believe that you can do all things through Christ, then I do all the things he told you to do. Research all the things. Investigate all the things. Create, unpack all the things. So now that you got your limiting belief going, and now you got a new empowering belief, now you got to execute in the empowering belief. Because when you execute in the empowering belief, then you will actually increase in self-belief and you will be actually become somebody. Then you actually, you know, I can be that. And then when you have that mindset of be, then you actually know I can do that. And when you have the operation of do, then you can be like, oh, I can't, I actually have this. Imagine if you adopt these empowering beliefs and then you end up having the things that you once believed you couldn't have. I don't care if you grew up with nothing and this and not that and whatever, whatever. No, I don't care what you experienced. That don't mean you can't have the opposite of what you lived. 
because every every negative has a positive and every positive has a negative. So even though even though you achieve the positive result and you have positive, there's still some negative things that comes with it. But you got to be resilient. You got to have a mindset that says, no, I'm going to keep executing up under the umbrella of my empowering beliefs. Start by setting small achievable goals that challenge your perceived uh, previous limitations. As you take action and experience small successes, you'll begin to build evidence that supports your empowered beliefs. So if you don't do, you don't have evidence. Evidence uh, of faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when I'm walking in faith, I have the substance. And then as I walk in faith, then I'll have the evidence. Not only do I have the evidence of things not seen, because when you the evidence of things not seen is the intangible evidence. And then when you keep operating in intangible evidence of belief, love, joy, all them intangible, uh, uh, those tangible fruit of the spirit, then you actually begin to have evidence that keeps empowering. You need evidence to empower. You need you need you need to make evidence to keep empowering. So what I mean what I mean by that? You need evidence to be empowered, inspired, empowerment empowered to do what I was meant to do. So you need evidence from God, God's faithfulness in your life, God's consistent life to empower you to do. And then as you do, you then create your own personal evidence. And then that personal evidence you develops keeps empowering you. This is a great message, man. I hope this is a blessing. As you take action and experience small successes, you will begin to build evidence that supports your empowering beliefs celebrate your accomplishments and use them as fuel to propel yourself forward. Surround yourself with supportive and like-minded individuals who can provide encouragement and reinforce your new beliefs. So in order for you to lift the limiting beliefs, number one out of the four, you must trust in a limitless God. You must be aware and reflective. You must challenge and reframe, and you must take action and personally build evidence. I pray this message was a blessing to you. Like I said earlier, if you're in a place right now where you have limiting beliefs and you're like, coach, man, I'm tired of sitting on the sideline while everybody's playing in the game that I want to play in. And you want to get to a place where you have empowering beliefs that enables you to create the evidence for you to keep fueling yourself to have what you want to have. Let's take a moment and dream. Dream with me right now. Take 30 seconds and think about what you want to have. I'll, even if you want to post in the comments in the chat, list three things. If you're watching me live right now, list three things you want to have. And if you're watching me later, I want you to get a sheet of paper, pause this video, and I want you to write down three things you want to have. I'm waiting for people in the chat. What are three things you want to have? And I'm going to talk to people that's watching later. After you write down what you want to have, think about what you got to do to add it. Then after you think about what you got to do to have that, then you have to think about who do you need to become to do what you got to do to have that. Then before that, I want you to think about what beliefs are limiting you from being who you need to be, doing what you need to do, having what you want to have, but most important, keep you from impacting the things that you're supposed to be impact with, right? If you're at that place and you're like, coach, man, I want to have that. I want to impact my family generationally. I want to get to a place where I'm a significant pillar in my family, where people are inspired by me. I want to get to a place where I'm creating, I'm writing that book, I'm starting that business, I'm pursuing that purpose that God has given me. But I need to, I need to lift these limiting beliefs. If that's you, make sure you go to Mindset Mastery right now. Go to my, go to the link in the description box below. Link. In the chat, if you're watching live, click that link, fill out the application, and we'll get you in that program, all right? Because you need to get to a place where you're mentally free, 
so that you can walk in the freedom that Christ has already given you. Because when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. So let's see what questions we got before I go. Jazz says, I'm sleeping like Adam, but it's bad that I look at a beautiful woman and admire her beauty, but not in a lustful way. Nothing wrong with that, bro. Especially a single man, ain't nothing wrong with admiring beauty. But don't let that allow that beauty to lead you to lust. Now, let me help you with this. I'm sleeping like Adam. You're in a rest state. You're in a rested state. But it's bad that I look at. Is it bad that I look at beautiful women and admire their beauty? Listen, you're gonna. You, you got man. You're a man. You you got eyes. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna see what you see. You're gonna admire the beauty, but just don't admire the booty. Okay, just admire the beauty, but not the booty. There's a big difference. So when you admire the beauty, you're saying that's my sister in Christ, man. That's a beautiful young woman. That's it. You keep moving. You don't want to be looking at her bountifulness and you don't want to look at her booty, look at her beauty. And when you when you condition your eye to see her beauty, nothing wrong when you see beauty. But it's something wrong when you when you when you look at booty too long. Ain't some some uh, uh, keep it real. Some people got booty that you you going to see it. even if you even if you look this way and the booty that way, you can you can still see it. The sin is not in what you see. The sin is when you look back at it. So if you're walking by and, 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 and booty and beauty walk by you and you look away, man, hey, you're going to see what you see. And you just keep it moving. But if you start looking back like that, then it shows that you got something inside your heart. Right. And so there's nothing wrong with admiring beauty, but it's something wrong when you deeply admire the booty and when, when you want to do some things with it. And so um, so be encouraged, man. You don't see beautiful women, but you got to keep it moving. Don't get too admiring of beauty. Then you start looking at the booty. Jody Summer says. Why shouldn't why shouldn't we question God when tragedy happens in our lives? Tragedies have an everlasting effect on some of us here on earth. Great question. Tragedies shouldn't. Trage, we should get to a place where we don't allow tragedies to create new tragedies. We don't want tragedies that happen outside of us in family, etc., or tragedies that happen to us to create tragical or tragic experience or tragedies inside. And so Questioning God boils down to, it depends on your temperament and your motive when you question God. Like if you question God and you'd be like, man, God, I can't believe you. And God's like, fam, was you there when that person was smoking? And so they died of lung disease because of their choices? Was you there when I warned them? Was you there when I comforted them? Was you there when I tried to get in their heart, but they wouldn't let me in? Was you there? And so if tragedy happens, I be better believe it that everybody was warned about the tragedy. And so if tragedy happens in your life, then you got you to sometimes see if you can put yourself in God's shoes. And a lot of times when people die early or things happen to us, we always blame God, but we don't look at the person that made the actions or didn't obey God. How can we send our questions God's way when that person didn't obey? And we also live in a fallen world where random things do happen. But if you survived it, then you can thrive from it. It's all about a mindset. So, yes, tragedies can have an everlasting effect if that person allows it to have an everlasting effect. But when you have the right perspective, then you don't have to worry about the effects. If you have the right perspective, instead of allowing it to have an effect on you, then you can be actually effective. So with the right perspective, I can be effective no matter what has happened in my life. It always boils down to mindset. Hope they help, family. Jody said, oh, we already answered that. I am a strong and knowing I have a limitless God, but how can I not be delusional in it? Knowing we have a limitless God can cause us to have an invincible mindset, which can be dangerous. That's why having 
that perspective without posture will cause problems. So my posture has to always be humble. My posture has to always acknowledge God in all of my ways. I have to balance that 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 empowering mindset with with biblical principles of humility, biblical principles of of identifying myself in Christ, biblical principles of delighting in God so that it will balance itself out. So yes, I have a limitless God, but I also have to be limited in 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 his leadership. So yes, I can have this big, broad, limitless God. That's for moments where courageousness is needed. That's for moments where where strength and encouragement is needed. That yes, I have an empowering, I have a limitless God. So it empowers me in the moment to do what the enemy is trying to limit me from doing. Now, on the flip side, I have to always be cognizant, like with someone in my position who has that belief that I serve a limitless God, but I am limited to his leadership. So I have limits. Thank you for this question. It's important. I have limits under his limitlessness. Because God's limitless, I have the belief to believe anything. But it doesn't mean I go out and do everything. But I'm limited by his Holy Spirit's leadership, and I understand the perspectives of my limits. For instance, I can have this uh, limitless God belief and then go out there and do a bunch of stuff, but I burn myself out. Right? Or I go out there and I do all these great things, but I lose my family. Yes, that belief got me doing, having, and impacting I left my family on the side. So believing in God's limitlessness has to be balanced with allowing myself to be limited by his leadership. Hope that helps. And aiming at outrageous goals, limited by his leadership, but having a belief of limitlessness and that he's a limitless God. Great, great word. Thank you, Brain Chase. I'm glad it was a blessing to you. Ash, uh, uh, Ash says, all this self, uh, all this self-help nonsense, Jesus died. Hey, yo, Jesus died. Yeah, but he came, he gave us life and life more abundantly. It says, Jesus died for your sins and not to make you rich. The Bible says, teach your hands how to be rich. The Bible also says that a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Yes, we give our life to Christ. But in giving our life to Christ, some people who actually operate what the word says will create that ability to be successful. Will everyone be rich? No. Will everyone be successful? No. But all king's kids should act in royalty. So yeah, give your life to Christ, but don't be limited. How can Christ die for us to be helped by a spirit? So I want you to give me three reasons, Ash, since you want to come on the chat, which is great. I love this. Give me three reasons why these points that I share today is bad and not biblical. And then we'll go from there. Jazz says, it's the beauty, not the booty, Mike. <laughs> Brain Chaser says, what steps must I have? What steps must I take after a relapse with lust? Great question, my friend. First, you must understand that legally you are in right standing with God if you are, if, if you have repented and confessed your sins and your need for a savior. You have to understand that legally you are in right standing with God. Now, what does that mean? When Jesus was on a cross, Jesus took all of my sins. God, the Father, gave me all of his righteousness. That blood made the payment for me to come to God no matter what and saying, God, because of what Jesus did, legally, I'm in right standing with God. I am signed, sealed by the precious spirit of God, and now I'm in a state of righteousness, meaning that when I sin and when I make a mistake, I don't allow a, a condemnation and sin and guilt and shame to come in because I am in right standing with God. 
right? Because of what Jesus did, not my righteousness, because the Bible says my righteousness and your righteousness are as filthy rags. They're not good. But when I'm in right standing and I've allowed the imputed righteousness of Jesus to be on my life and I'm humbled by it, inspired by it, motivated by it, then I start living righteously. So the first step is not falling into condemnation. Now, if you're not a Christian and you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, you're going to always find yourself misstepping. Right? So right now you have to examine, have I, have, I have I confessed my sins? Have I repented from them? Have I realized my need for a Savior and actually reached out and felt the Holy Spirit convert me? Like now my desires are not the same. And when I do the same sin, my heart is different towards that sin. And since my heart is different towards that sin, that's, that's evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, then you know that you are legally in right standing for God. That means you're going to approach the throne boldly. You don't have to wait four or five weeks in condemnation and not allowing yourself to, to go to God and, and be refurbished and go to the light and be made new. So if you relapsed in lust, number one, you got to understand you're in right standing. Now you got to reflect on the on the barriers that are not uh, that are not uh, uh, that are not uh, uh, um, uh, areas in your life that needs to be updated. What I mean by that is this. Some of us, we fall to certain things because we're not self-aware. We're not aware that on certain days we're weaker than most. On certain situations, we're weaker. And in this situation, I'm stronger. But over here, I'm weaker. If I go through these different things. And so what oftentimes happen is we. Not only do we not know who we are in our in Jesus' righteousness, then we get off, off of our regiments. See, when you get off your regiments, we're talking about like uh, personal growth regiments. We're talking about deepening your faith regimen. We're talking about prayer life and, and, and praying in the Holy Ghost and all those different things. Then once we get off our regiment, then we find ourselves in a detriment. And so when you get off your regiment, get off your focus, get off your plan, then you say, okay, but when you realize, yo, I fail, then all you got to do is take intel. Then what you got to do is say, okay, I got to go back and know that I'm in right standing with God because of Jesus and that who the son sets free is free indeed, that God in, through his son's righteousness can now inspire me to live righteously, not inspire, but empower me to live righteously. And in living righteousness, I got to do what Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's a regiment. And so if you fail, you got to check your regiment. Okay, where did I fall off? Where did I lose focus? Where did I lose my way? And then repatch those things and get back moving. You can't, you can't get so caught up in the sin you did. You got to focus on the sin, you, the one who set you free from the sins you made. And then when that happens... Then you the, the 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 span of sin and win is a matter of seconds and minutes versus years and people just because when you when you fall into condemnation condemnation will create more and worse opportunities to sin when you could have just went into the throne room of God and say God I confess this sin I repent of it allow your Holy Spirit to reveal in me there we go first you gotta know who you are and that you're right standing with God and allow Jesus righteous inspire righteous living then you gotta have a strong regimen and then you got to whatever the other words I just said <laughs> hope they help my friend Kessa Farl I gotta hurry up so I can go to Instagram why does God love us so much or deal with it because he loves us he loves listen I can tell you this because I have a daughter newborn daughter. Ain't nothing can separate my love from her. Ain't nothing can separate her from my love. Nothing. And when I when I began to look at my daughter and I'm like, man, God, so you mean to tell me you love me a billion times more than this? Man, he loves us so much because he created us. Anything you create, you love. 
when you create your best meal and you, you love it because you love because you created it, right? But he deals with us because he wants to make deals with us. Like, like God's like, man, we I'm, he's, it's a family business. He wants to advance his kingdom. He wants you to, to, to advance so his kingdom can advance. So all the intangible, beautiful traits of the kingdom can be advanced in other people's lives and then they can advance. Creating generational impact, generational wealth, generational funding for the gospel, et cetera, et cetera. So God deals with us because he loves us. He deals with us because he wants to make deals with us. He wants to be in partnership with us. He wants to do great things with us. And he loves us because he created us. Hotel. Uh, Dante says, my question is how to approach those who manifest according to their own will as opposed to God. People use God's things to achieve results but give him no honor. I think that's a big issue and it sure is. You can manifest anything, right? And so you got to understand there's two ways to manifest. You can manifest quickly, demonically. Or you can uh, manifest, quote unquote, because, you know, new age people taking words. And then when you say it, people, oh, that's new age. I'm like, man, that, that manifest was word before they took manifest. Right. Or you can manifest things in life God's way. So there's there's general principles for both, but there's compromises for both. And so if if you really if the world is going to manifest things, because we don't know what they do in the dark. We don't know who they who souls they done gave themselves to. We don't know what these they We don't know what they did to get what they have. Right. We don't. Everybody believes in a God. You know what I'm saying? So we don't know what that God gave them, but we know that's a consequence from 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 um, those situations. But that's why I don't get don't get caught up in that. Keep doing. Let me tell you, nothing can outlast the principles of God. Other, the world's principle may outpass you at a moment, but it won't outlast you inevitably, eventually. So people might outpass you. They don't pass you. Because they done did it, they did it the cheap way. They did it the quick way. But I'm gonna tell you something: those who do singleness right, those who do marriage right, marriage will last. Those who don't do singleness right, don't do marriage right. They may get married before you, but they won't be married as long as you. They may get it before you, but they won't keep it as long as you. Because when you do it God's way, you keep it longer, you have it longer, and you you experience the latter benefits. See, people want the uh, benefits now. They want the now benefits. But don't understand that when you're consistent and you're resilient, you get the latter benefit. For instance, if I only married my wife because I was lonely, if I only married my wife to get the benefits of not feeling lonely or just get the benefits of just having sex, then I won't be able to receive the latter. Because if that's if how I got in, if I stay in that sin, it's going to determine how long I have it. But if I got married from biblical principles and I got married, and I did for God's way, that I will get the benefits of being married 40 years. Like, do you know there's benefits in the latter too? I don't want the former benefits. I don't want the, the, the benefits every because everybody gets the benefits of marriage in the beginning. Everybody gets a partner. Everybody gets sex. Everybody gets this and that, right? But not everybody gets the beautiful benefits of consistency that comes with marriage. And so what it means that they may outpass you. They may get married before you. They may get a man before you. They may get a woman before you. They may get a job before you. They may get a, they may get a bunch of money before you, but will they have it longer? Will they have it as long as you? I care about the long game. I care about the long haul. I play, I play for the long haul. I don't play for the short stuff. That's why a lot, a lot of preachers don't pass me. A lot of people don't pass me. That's great. I'm not playing to be great today and not be great tomorrow. I'm playing to be great forever. That's the game I'm playing. Nubian so try last question. I gotta go. When you wrote your spouse, did you get everything you asked for? I got more. Because 
what I mean by spouseless, uh, the woman that I wanted when I was younger wasn't the woman that I have now. But as I matured, the list matured. But I got more because because oftentimes when we we only know what we want now, but we don't know what we want later. For instance, when I first met my wife, I was doing itinerant local ministry. Right. I was doing a bunch of stuff locally. And and my wife, she was a, a, a English teacher. She was in uh, 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 going into schools at that juncture. I didn't know I was going into school systems. I didn't know that was a part of God's plans for me. And then when I actually married my, when, I, when me and my wife started courting and all that kind of stuff, I was like, yo, <clears throat> I actually got more because when you learn more, you'll see more. So when you learn more, you will see more in your spouse. You'll be like, oh, wow. Some things your spouse brings to the table you don't want to eat right now because you didn't even know that was part of your nutritional diet. You didn't even know that was a part of your relational diet because you didn't know you, because you didn't know. But the more you know, the more you'll be able to say, oh, I like what she offers. I like what he offers because, man, I didn't know God had this for me. And he partnered me with someone that has uh, this for me and me for her and me for them. And then it just grows from there. You're welcome, Dante Styles. God bless y'all. Thank y'all so much for joining me. I pray y'all was blessed by this. Make sure you check out the um, books, card games, all that good stuff. My latest book, Multi-Purpose, How to Find and Fulfill Your Multiple Purposes in Life. This book's a great resource, man. And that's where a lot of these programs that I have right now is anchored in. Uh, this book right here is, is a great curriculum textbook uh, uh, to help you guys get the mindset you need and, and to position you to pursue your God-given purpose and fulfill them at a high level, all of them. Also check out our Well Done merch on our website, mycoachjust.com. Get your Well Done merch. Also get your book, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, um, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, this book will be a great, great resource for you. If you're in a place right now, you're like, man, I don't know if this person's supposed to fit in my life. And I don't even know if this person was meant to be in my life. And you want to know the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart? This book, Counterfeit and Counterpart, will be a blessing to you. Um, also, if you're struggling with your feelings, you want to get to the facts, you can get back to acting and fulfilling your purpose. This book, Facts Over Feelings, will be a blessing to you. If you're looking for a book to help you hold things better, this book, The Holding Church, will be a great resource for you. If you're struggling with your singleness or you want to learn how to maximize and be prepared for mingleness, this, per this book, The Purpose Singleness, will be a great resource for you. If you're in a dating relationship or single or married, there's a lot of great questions in this book, Dating Prep, to make sure you guys are on the same page uh, when it comes to uh, love and relationships. This book, Dating Prep, will be a great resource for you. If you're uh, struggling with spiritual warfare, you want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book, World War Me, will be a great resource for you. If you have a young person that's like, yo, you want them to get to a place where they find their art early, then this book, as he says, if you have a young person that may not have uh, um, uh, key people in their life, mentors or a father figure, he's, this book has a lot of proverbial, proverbial uh, wise sayings for kids to help them stay on the right track. Um, check out my first book, Unplug. Also, uh, I thought I had a graphic. Also, if you want to be a part of that coaching program, that mindset hybrid purpose program, go to mindset, go to my website, mycoachjosh.com, coaching tab, mindset master, link in the chat box if you're watching live, link in the description box if you're watching later. Join that program. A lot of great people are being blessed by it. We're getting, we're getting people to mind shift, to be mindset so they can be set for life. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Thank y'all so much for joining me. If you haven't already yet, don't forget to like, share, comment. Also, if you haven't already yet, subscribe. Hit that post notification bell so that you can get your questions answered as well. And also, uh, check out that recommended video. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Catch y'all next time. Peace.